there. This is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. Creative people, how they do their thing, why they do their thing, how they hang in there. That's what I love to talk about. And this is the first episode of 2023, and I have a great guest. His name is Warren Wright, also known as Warren Cito online. Um, he is a visual artist and illustrator, but during the pandemic, he got really into doing these Dalmatian videos on YouTube and TikTok or Instagram. He's all over the place. They recreate a lot of my favorite um, pop culture touchstones. He did one of Dark Lady, the share video, classic 70s uh, gun shooting uh, pop song where people die. Uh, he did You're the One That I Haunt, like a, a mix of monsters like Frankenstein with, you know, the Grease choreography. He did the Turkey Lurkey number from Promises, Promises. He also did uh, the, the Frug, the Fosse Frug that's sort of iconic, Don't Rain on My Parade, Copacabana. You watch these videos and you just cannot believe how much attention to detail and you wonder how he did it. How long did it take? All of that stuff. I had a lot of questions and it was so fun to talk to Warren about his process and why he does it, his personal story around it. It's great. also want to give a shout out to my listener, Andy. He messaged me on Instagram and sent me a link to Warren's My Favorite Things holiday video, which is so great. So great. Thanks, Andy, for turning me on to Warren. And look how fast we made that happen. So before we get to the interview, though, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by me. Pretty much. Um, AJ Sousa helps me mix it, but otherwise, it's me. So, um, a one-man show, and there's two ways you can support me in doing this if you like what you hear. You can go to DennisAnyone.net slash support and donate a little to my virtual tip jar. Help me cover the expenses of doing the podcast. Or you can become a subscriber to DNR Studios. That's part of a collective of shows that I'm, I'm with. For a monthly fee, you get my show early and you get all these other great shows. So you could explore that at dnrstudios.com. All right, that's enough for the housekeeping. Here is the interview with Warren Wright, a.k.a. Warren Cito. Joining me now from Brooklyn, New York, it's visual artist Warren Wright, a.k.a. Warren Cito. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. So one of my listeners sent me a link to one of your videos, and I hadn't seen your stuff before, and I just it just blew my mind, and I went into a YouTube um, wormhole for uh, for a long time. So your stuff is so amazing. Uh, they're, they're Dalmatians. You do other things as well. I share so much of your DNA in terms of my pop culture obsessions. Like, I think one of the first ones I saw was Dark Lady by Cher. So... And I'm like, oh, first of all, that song is in my jukebox. It's sitting right behind me. Like, I love a 70s story song where somebody gets shot. Nobody, does, nobody gets shot anymore. Have you noticed that in songs? Well, they, they, they do, but it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, like, for instance, the movie Heathers. Right. You know, the thing that is so dark and twisted was back then, kids would never do that. Yeah. So there was a dark side to the comedy, right. you know. One of the ones I would love, a Dalmatian I would love to do would be Julie Brown's The Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun. Of course. You know, but you you can't do that today because it's like, it. I mean, just with the way things are. But like, you know, at, at those times, you know, it was just like, oh, that would never happen. Everything's great. Right. Um, and, that, and that's what, you know, um, like, for instance, Dark Lady came about because of Copacabana. Right. You've um, done that one before. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. But, like, what cracks me up about that song, I love irony and things. I just love that. There's something really wrong, and we're just going to go, you know, we're going to, like, pass by it. Like, a lot of my art, like, you know, mid-century is really huge. It's, like, a huge inspiration to me. Right. Because it's very aesthetically super sophisticated and bonkers at the same time. Right. You know? It's just 
so crazy to me. So with like, you know, Copacabana, it's this happy song about this club shooting, but like Copacabana, you know, I'm like, does anybody realize that this guy got shot? This woman lost the love of her life. Yeah. You know. Let's um, dance. Let's say it's a party. There's blood on the You know what? You step over those yeah. dead bodies and you keep dancing. Um, I actually, I know Julie Brown and have worked with her on this, this show that I do out here called the mismatch game, but I remember her, she did the homecoming Queens got a gun musical not that long ago. I I remember her talking about how it's so much loaded now. Like she has to figure out how to approach it because she worked it. She worked it as a horror movie. Yeah. 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 And I actually did, um, what like, so since I couldn't do Homecoming Queen, I listened to that album. Yeah. And that album that, that that's on is really great because it's very much like a like a teen tragedy spoof album. Right. Which there was a whole genre in the fifties of these like you know teen tragedy songs that were hysterical. So I came across Girl Fight Tonight. Yes, I saw that I, one. Yeah, and I did that one, and I actually sent it to her, and she she loved it. She thought it was the sweetest thing. And she's like, can I repost it? I'm like, it's her song. <laughs> I'm like, totally. So I think she's still trying to figure out how to repost it. But it was super sweet to get her, you know, to get her approval on it. Who else have you heard from that you've done Dalmatians of? Um, so the one that really took off was uh, Rich Man's Room. Right. The Fosse number. The Fosse number, which <sighs> I was calling Rich Man's Frog for a while. You know, um, Frog, Frog. Color and culture, yeah, but I'm on camera saying frog and the, and the right. host of the, It's just like, so it was, which one's frog? But um, Susan Sharney, who's, um, I hope I'm saying last name right, uh, who's the, the ponytail girl in oh, that wow. video. Oh, wow, yeah. She reached out to me on Facebook. That was like my first time I got. She reached out to me on Facebook and she was just like, you know, hi, you don't know me. My name is Susan Sharney. I'm a ponytail girl in the Bob Fosse video. And I'm like, Aah! you know, I gagged. It was like, amazing she's like you you know she's like you captured the spirit the movement you know you did it really beautifully she's like i love your work that one was pretty amazing that is amazing and you you do recreations of the whole number you did madonna's vogue from the mtv awards that we all remember when the yeah in the renaissance outfits well totally and the the crazy thing for me was like that was during her dick tracy era era so um you know for her to come out with vogue like like that, like just I was always a Janet fan. I was like a gay. So when that came out, I'm like, all right, I'm you know on the Madonna side now. But um, yeah, and that one, all of her dancers um, reposted it on Facebook, which is kind of a bummer because Facebook would mute it would mute it. What also is a bummer is on YouTube they classified it under children's, so I lost all the comments on that. And I had um, was it Patterson who was a choreographer? Of course, uh, he like. He was just like, my God, like, this is such a tribute. This is so amazing. I'm so honored to have done this. All the dancers commented on it. Um, Donna, uh, backup singer, she had commented on it. Everybody loved that. I got that moment with the dress. Um, right. You and, got the uh, little yeah, moment where the dress gets caught, that, that spontaneous yeah. moment. And I oh, knew, totally. I was a, I auditioned for that tour as a dancer. That was like iconic Madonna era for me. And you captured like, oh, that's Gabriel. Oh, that's like I could tell which dancer was who. Like you really get every detail right. Um, Thanks. And I made that during the pandemic. So there's, I mean, Mattel at the time had um, the body type that I use are called made to move, right. which are super articulated. At that time, they didn't have any um, African American bodies. So there's like there's a reason why they were all they're all not pretty much for the most part um, they were all white. Um, but I. Uh, 
you know, that was made during the pandemic. So like all the kind of stores that I go to were closed. So I literally, there's this one, you know, store that sells all these like, you know, crazy things. So one of those crazy stores that you see like, you know, um, in the hood. And I went in there and they were selling curtain panels and like, you can get like you know, curtain, mismatched curtain panels for like a dollar. And I'm literally Scarlett O'Hara just going into these things, you know, taking these drapes, going home and making, you know, these outfits during the pandemic uh, for Vogue. Well, you nailed it. It's it's amazing. And all of the details and, and the painstaking, like you get every little thing right. You're clearly like a perfectionist. There must be a part of you that's like, you know what, this could be one minute. We don't have to do three. But you you always go the distance. What is that about? Well, well oh my gosh, <laughs> the internet is evil. Uh, people are just like, you know, people, you know, tear your part in things. But, you know, with Vogue, it was interesting because I thought, all right, well, how am I going to, like, when I made the dresses, the hoop skirts, I didn't think about it when I made it head to make them move. Right. Um, so when I had the part where we lift up the hoop skirts to show the panties, I was like, maybe I'll just cut that out. And then I was like, no, I don't want to be, like, red for that. And, and like, the hardest, I learned that a lot of the times the hardest things to do are the most rewarding things to do. Um, and, uh, and people, and people love it. People always tell me, you know, the joys and the details. Right. So that's, that's we, that definitely pushes me. We know the original and we're watching for those moments. And when they happen, exactly. we're like, Oh, look how he did that. That's so clever. It, yeah. There's not a Madonna doll. Is there, or is there in the world? There was one, I think it's by applause during, uh, when she did the Dick Tracy. Yeah. There must've been a breathless doll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the only licensed one I've seen. Um, yeah. I think she's probably turned down a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot of amazing, like, um, uh, dollars out there that have done Madonna dolls. Um, but yeah, there's not, uh, an actual one, like not like a Tina Turner, Gloria Stefan, you know, type. Yeah. One of my favorites is you did for your holiday card, my favorite things. And you changed the words to the song and wrote about all the things you love about New York during the holidays. And it was so cute, but there were all these different set pieces. There's a subway. You go to Times Square. Just for that one, for example, how long does it take to do one of those from start to finish? You know, it's it's crazy because the animating part isn't the long part. You know, the longer part is the set building and the setup. So I, um, you know, in most, in pretty much all stop motion, they use rigs. So like a, a rig is basically it holds up the character, right? Um, and then the character has a full amount of movement. And then um, they will Photoshop or edit out the rig and put it into the background. Right. Um, I do everything on my phone. Um, I don't really have uh, the software like that. So it's really just kind of like using forced perspective or tricks of the eye to kind of hide, like, you know, um, how I have them standing. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times it's the lighting, um, you know, uh, camera angles, you know, what works. A lot of times, um, like when I did Turkey Lurkey, I had. Um, uh, Miss Polanski was falling over all the time. I'm like screaming at this poor doll. She was falling over. So it's it's like mishaps like that that take longer. I would probably say with um, with favorite things uh, that probably was maybe about like two months. Of, you know? of and work. I have a full time job. Yeah, yeah, I have a full time job. You know, so doing this, you know, I do you know all my spare time and my time off. So it um, that's why with like during the pandemic, you know, there was some like. I look at my pandemic videos and it just blows my mind that I like, not only did I, I do that, but I attempted to do that. Right. But, you know, but it was one of those things where I had all the time in the world. 
Right. Well, even you do behind the scenes videos as well for each one. And I yeah. love watching the little cheats. Like there was one where you had to have staircases and you just put books up and had Barbie walk down the books, but you didn't show the books. Like, or like felt, you don't have to have felt. If you cut felt, like all the little tips, thanks eBay, all those stuff. But mm-hmm. even the BTS videos look like a ton of work. Like you watch it and you go, just, it just, the time that you put is so admirable. What, what is it? Is it just passion that keeps you going? What does it give you? You know, like ever since I was like a little kid, I used to want to be animated for Disney, like up until I was 17. Right. And then, you know, my mom got me a video camera and I wanted to be George Lucas. And then, you know, be a choreographer, fashion designer, you know, all the things. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, um, and then even the pandemic hit and then just like really the outpouring from people. Um, the response was amazing. I was doing it for the love of doing it. I was doing it for that, you know, the little kid inside me that like, you know, had stories to tell and things to express. And, you know, I think my mom once offered to take me, you know, to like do a dance class. And I was just like, you know, this it was like the eighties. And I'm like, you know, I, I grew up in a block with some pretty rough kids. And I was just like, yeah, that's not happening. You know? So, so you, kinda, like, you I, wanted like, to dance, but you didn't go. Yeah. You know, it's like, it wasn't like, like a full ball passion, but like, you know, I would watch musicals with my mom on the weekends and stuff right. like that. So, you know, it was, you know, it was things like that that endeared me to it. Um, you know, and after my, you know, my mom passing, um, you know, it was like one of those things where like, you know, I love myself at flea market, you know, for me, a flea market is like, you know, going on a museum, like going to a museum with an option to buy. Right. You know? yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah. And I just remember like doing that with my mom when I was little, we'd go to thrift stores and stuff like that. Find like, you know, all these like little treasures and stuff like that. So I think in a way it kind of brings me closer to her, uh, which is like, you know, her, her memory. Um, but you know, um, yeah, just, just having a body of work. I think there's, there's been so much time in my life that like, I was afraid to try something or do something or I lived in the woulda, shoulda, coulda, right. instead of just doing it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just doing this for the love of doing it. I'm like not making, you know, any money from it. Um, I'm actually losing money. Um, but I know that's a lie. Uh, I, um, but people's responses have just been amazing. You know, I had this one woman with Don't Rain in My Parade. She's like, I'm 70 years old and I saw Barbara on stage. And you combine my two great loves, Bar- Barbie and Barbara, you know. And it, um, just, it meant something to her. Um, uh, I love the BTS video of Don't Rain on My Parade, they're so witty because you have Barbara standing there, her head is off her body and you put her head on another body because you had to make it work for what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And then the song The Way We Were is playing over it. <laughs> she's laying there with no head and the other head. What is your storage space like? Do you have, just have drawers of Barbie heads? Do you have like, like what? what's it like? How do you organize it? It's, um, <laughs> it's so funny because my room like right now... Um, like, I just moved to Brooklyn with a buddy of mine uh, because I was looking there for, for, uh, for a little bit. Um, and I, uh, you know, my bedroom, all the barbers are confined to my bedroom. So it's like my bedroom is my studio, uh, my storage space. Everything. So it's, yeah. And it's a little, I mean, I'm kind of like Jeffrey Dahmer of Barbies. Right. You know, where like, I know that's horrible to say, but, you know, for me, like, one time I saw a friend of mine, I was at one of her shows, and she's a musician. She actually sings on You're the One That I Haunt. And I was at one of her shows, and she was describing, telling her friend in Spanish what I do. And then I saw her, like, with two fists, and she's, like, doing this. And I'm like, that's not what I do. She's just, like, you know, like, like, like she's like got, playing like, she's with got dolls, yeah. Fist. She's got two, like, dolls in her fist, and she's, like, talking to them. And I'm like, 
I'm thinking to myself, that's not what I do. <laughs> you know, like for me, what it is, is I, um, you know, I use vintage heads. I yeah. love mid-century aesthetic. I love vintage heads, but like the vintage bodies have no articulation. Right. So I feel like there's the neck hole in the vintage heads um, is a lot smaller than the neck knobs for the made to move bodies. So I have to kind of carve into the, you know, into the, into the head, uh, which I know collectors would freak out about, but I only really use ones that like, are kind of like are called TLC and need a tender loving care. Right. So like I'll restore them, repaint them, um, give them another life. So I have probably like three baker's racks of props, um, Barbies, um, you know, some of my lighting and technical equipment. So it's, you know, it's a lot. It's one of those things where it's just like, I, uh, you know, I'm not having a guy over anytime soon. It's <laughs> like walking into this place. It's like an episode of Stanford from the Sex and the City where he goes on like, the date with the guy. He's got all the Madame Alexanders all over the place. Yeah, there was um, just that. There was just that movie. Spoiler alert: where one of the guys collects Smurfs and brought the guy home to his. Didn't want to bring I, him like, home, and because it, it was Smurf land everywhere. Um, when I was a kid, my older sisters had Barbies, and I wanted to play with them, but I knew I couldn't. Like I knew it was wrong. I knew it was shameful. But I still remember certain dresses: the black one with the red rose, and the that was like a like a body hugging with the taffeta at the bottom. Like I still had, yeah. I had, I was drawn to them and I, but I couldn't play with them. Did you like Barbies when you were a kid? Were they on your radar in that way? My, um, my mom and my older sister collected dolls, but like my mom collected like Victorian dolls, the really scary ones. And my sister collected like, um, Madame Alexander's. So I, um, you know, I, uh, I mean, I know a lot about dolls, but I just never really was fully into them. I was more into like string puppets. Right. Very um, but it's funny about the Smurfs because I totally collected Smurfs because growing up, you know, Star Wars was really big, right? And I care less about it. Um, so I, you know, I collected Smurfs, and I was always interested in the dynamic with Hefty Smurf and Danny Smurf because if there, there was like a top and bottom situation going on, that was, <laughs> that was the but, that was the um, vibe there. Um, I was totally. I did have GI Joes, and they all ran around shirtless. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah. They're, they're, they're maybe like on our RSVP cruise or something more, probably more Atlantis because they're sluttier, <laughs> but, um, the, uh, the GI Joes, I had GI Joes and oh. at some point after my childhood, they got small. What happened? They used to be big and like awesome. And then they got smaller. Um, you know, I think that was, uh, something we told maybe just did for, uh, pricing purposes. I'm not really sure, but, oh, you know what? I think it was. Because G.I. Joe's were originally like, you know, in the 60s, 60s right. you know, 60s, Star Wars came out. Star Wars came out with the smaller figures. So I think G.I. Joe did that to kind of like compete with that Star Wars market. Right. So they could interact. Um, what's the hottest, yeah. what's the hottest guy doll on the market that you oh, ever gosh. had? Um, hmm. You know, I know, a lot of people have said that they like Tony from Copacabana. Yeah. Um, you know, I also like that I, um, there was a Malibu can that I took that I painted the hair black, painted the eyes brown, and like, I love him. He, I used him in Dark Lady. Um, I put a mustache on him. Yeah, he's hot. Uh, I remember him for sure. Yeah. Um, do you remember yeah. there was a gay doll out in the 90s? I don't remember. Billy. His, Billy. What's up with Billy. Billy? Has he ever appeared in any of your uh, um, opuses? Yeah. Not yet. I, um, you know, I think about, you know, there, there's, Original content that I like to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I have my spoofs and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I um, I always would love to do a skit about, like, 
you know, two PTA moms, you know, going to a leather barn, going to like Eagle and being like, you know, yeah. hey, what you guys all doing? You know, right. they're like in a, you know, in a jerk off circle. What you guys doing? You know, just, I think because I think that'd be really fun. I, you know, um, but uh, yeah, no, he, I mean, he's timidly correct. So, um, oh, that's right. He had a penis. Yeah. I, I just oh, remember yeah. his cute face and that body. Yeah. It's a, and by the way, if you go on eBay, it's amazing what they'll sell on eBay. There's like, you can get penises for doll, like a on penises for dolls and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. In a it's number a of your behind the scenes videos, you'll be like, thanks eBay. Thanks eBay. What was your uh, score? What was the thing that you're like, I can't believe I found that. And I can't believe it was a good deal. Uh, it wasn't on eBay, Yeah, but it was, uh, it was at the flea market by my job. And I, um, you know, I walked over to it and I saw this like really old Barbie and you know, this guy uh, was just like, oh, she's a number seven. So when Barbie editions came out, they were like numbers. So, like, you know, one, one obviously being first. So, like, I think, I don't know if this started, um, stops numbering them after, like, maybe four or five. Um, and I came across, you know, this Barbie. And the guy said, oh, she's a number seven, da, da, da. And uh, I'm like, she's not a number seven. She's a number three. Um, and she was like, ones, ones through three are kind of have this, like, chalk white uh, material to them. Uh, right. And, um, and they, you know, they have like a, a crayon smell. And I was asking him, you know, hey, uh, how much are you asking for? I think he just was asking 180. And, um, you know, I, I have a friend of mine who hired me to, for the uh, National Barbie Convention uh, to do some videos. And I sent him pictures. And I'm like, this guy's saying it's a number seven. He's like, no, that's a number three. And for the price he's asking, you know, it's a steal. So, because you could probably get like, get it for like seven, eight hundred. Um, so I got him down to 150 and I got, I was on my lunch break. So I am with my chorizo burrito and my number three Barbie and I'm just heading back to work, you know, today I can like, yeah. I saw some of, I saw some of the videos that you did for the convention. There's the one with all of the, the, um, influential women. It was beautiful. Um, Yeah. Talk a little bit about about that. The I am woman video. It was amazing. So, um, what had happened was, uh, yeah, it was really crazy that, um, you know, that whole process, I, uh, it, um, Dita Montes reposted uh, to, her, to her story, the video I did of her. Right. And then like days later, I get a call from uh, one of the guys from the National Barbie Convention. And, you know, he, uh, you know, he, um, it was funny because he's just like, I get a lot of weird messages and stuff like that, you know, on Facebook and stuff from people. And you know, this, um, this guy had asked me, you know, I have a proposition for you. And like, and then when he told me, you know, he, he, you know, this was during uh, the pandemic, so everything was online for the um, for the convention, right? And he asked me if I would do two videos, and I'm like, I'm not high tech, you know, because I see some of the video animation out there, and it's beautiful. I'm like, I'm not high tech, just so you know. He's like, we love what you do. It's part of your charm. Uh, it's part of the charm of it and the wit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, and to be hired by the people who love Barbie, I meant a lot. And so he, you know. So one of the videos was for the uh, 60th anniversary of the Ken doll. And then the other one was for the Aspiring Women collection. Um, and so with that, you know, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of research on, you know, each of the women and um, trying to figure out, like, they wanted to use the song, I Am Woman. And I think that song was only, like, maybe, like, three, three and a half minutes. And I think there was only, like, I think there was, like, maybe 10 to 12 dolls. Right. Um, but trying to tell each story in under, like, 30 seconds and stuff. Um, animating it's a long time. Content-wise, not, you know, not so much. Right. You have um, a lot to do in a short amount of time. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, I really wanted to get, like, the stories right. I, um, it was important to me not to, like, have, like, a corporate washing, you know, right. of, of that. And, well, you know, for instance, with the Rosa Parks one. Yeah, that's the one that comes uh, to mind. Yeah. I, um, I really wanted to make sure because, you know, I was reading in interviews that, like, a lot of times it was just, like, she, she, you know, it's put that she didn't want to get off the bus because she was tired, you know. And it wasn't like that was just a bit of the context. You know, she was, like, tired of the way, you know, right. being treated. And so, you know, it was important to me to com- convey, you know, the struggle. So when I, you know, I did her, she was looking out the window, and then I'll cross her glasses for all the things that she was saying that led up to that point. Um, I made sure I used a non-Mattel brand uh, doll for the bus driver, you know. Yeah. Um, it's all those little details that you have to think about. But the Rosa Parks, she had an attitude to her, and it changed, even those little images changed the way I thought about her. Like, I always mm-hmm. thought of her as so noble and and but but she's a little feisty in those images and i was like oh and it shifted something in me that 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 i took away from that and that's just one example you know the billy jean king was amazing and just all the different ones and then and then at the end they all come back and i'm like oh yeah i saw her story i saw her story i saw like it felt like you you captured a lot in a short amount of time and you nailed it and i love the ken video because there's this cute song that they wrote about Ken that you use. Like, talk about that song. Where did it come from? Well, what was hysterical was, uh, so when it came from, um, Matilda released uh, an album in 1961 called Barbie Sings. Of course so she it's does. Really great, yeah, and it's this really great album um, of, uh, you know, songs that Barbie sings. There's some songs that are so, like, dated, you know, that right. just kind of like, you know, they're just of an era um, that are just kind of like a little bonkers, but like, you know, there's this one song called The Busy Buzz. And it, like, if you listen to it, it sounds like Ken's stopping her. You're like, oh my God. Um, but one of the, uh, one of the songs was, uh, you know, Ken. And it's basically Barbie talking about her crush on Ken. Um, I have one of my best friends, um, is named Ken. So when he turned 50, I made like a little music video, uh, to that song. Oh, that's so uh, sweet. Like that. Yeah. And so when, um, the, um, convention approached me about it. I was like, oh, I totally know that song. Um, and I, uh, you know, I normally don't storyboard. I, what I'll do is I'll listen to the song like a thousand times in my head and I'll like, you know, I'll have pictures in my head. But for them to understand what I was going for, um, you know, I did kind of like a little storyboard video of what I wanted. Um, and, uh, you know, it was great. I, I sent it to, uh, to them and they were just like, you gave us what we wanted without knowing what we wanted. Amazing. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, the first part of the song, I based off of, um, an American in Paris where they're doing, um, uh, Leslie Caron's intro. And he's talking about like all the different qualities she has and everything's very, um, like, uh, minimal and it's all like color, color blocked and everything. So I, you know, I use it for that. And then with, uh, you know, since it was the 60th anniversary, I you know, had asked if I could borrow some of these vintage Ken outfits um, and the quality on those things was just amazing back then. Like the little zippers, the buttons, the, you know, right. the, um, tailoring. Um, and, you know, so I got a bunch of them on loan and, you know, I had a, my roommate who like, we weren't living together at the time, but he's a choreographer. And I was asking, Hey, can you help me come up with something for like the finale? You know, cause I wanted all the Ken dolls from the different generations and stuff to, uh, to appear in it. And, uh, you know, when, <laughs> so I was using the modern articulated bodies 
And when I was putting vintage clothes on them, uh, the modern bar, um, the modern bodies have more muscle on them. So I could get the clothes on. I just couldn't But they move couldn't them. move once they got the clothes on. Yeah. And hell hath no fury like a Barbie collector's horn. Yes. So I was like, I had these things on loan. I was just like, you know, I'm coming up with something else. So, what did you do um, to solve that problem? So basically what I did was I, um, so what I did was I just kind of like had it work. So the song has this particular trumpet um, yeah. throughout, throughout the song, and I love myself a trumpet in a song. Um, so every time a trumpet hits, it, you know, turn into a different camp from a different genre. Right. So uh, clever. basically it was, it was just very strike a pose. Right. Uh, and uh, so I didn't really have to get to too much. I kind of had like, um, you know, the movement be the different genres, you know, so like you, you couldn't really tell if they were standing around too long. There was some that I could move around or they had slight movement. Um, there's uh, the part where like, there's like the part where Barbie stage dives into the kids. And the yeah. Cats amazing. And yeah. Um, she does the old Paula um, Abdul. Right. Um, yeah. So like Paula Abdul, Madonna, you know, yeah. uh, Serial girl. Um, sure. So yeah. So I, you know, so it was like minimal movement. I was able to get away with it. Um, thankfully, without any, any any vintage ribbon. You were able to do the cheat. There's a few terms I wrote down. What's flocking? Flocking. Oh, so flocking is basically, um, it's the kind of um, way that the Kent hair uh, <clears throat> back that was processed. They still bring it now, bring it back every now and then. And it's just the way that they, um, as far as I understand it, it's kind of like almost like yarn shavings. And you, they're just glued onto the head. And, so, and you can you can do that to a head if you wanted to. Yeah, you know, there's it's amazing what you can learn on YouTube. Wow! Um, All right, so yeah. you learned to flock. But, you learned to flock on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> you have a doll of yourself. You call it your mini me. Um, yeah, and he looks like you, and he's cute. He's handsome. He's fun. What doll is that? How did you hone in on your mini me? Um, you know, it was during the pandemic and I just had time. Initially I had one that I thought looked like me. It was like from the Mad Men series. It was a Silkstone. And Silkstones are like a higher brand of Barbie. Um, right. The quality is just better on them. And I, um, you know, to get them on an articulate body, I have to like, you know, cut into them and, you know, do things to them. So, you know, they're kind of expensive. Um, and uh, so one time I was just kind of going through the cans and like, I had pretty distinct eyebrows, you yeah. know, and uh, I came across this can that had my eyebrows and it, and it looked like me from like, you know, the eyes up. And I was just like, okay, I can work a five o'clock shadow. I can, you know, um, make some stubble on them, you know, uh, and rework the hair and, you know, it worked out. Um, well, it, it's really so- cute and it looks like you. Is it fun to have a doll of you that you play with? I think it would be fun. You know, it's interesting. I uh, like with you know with Copacabana when I subbed me in for Barry Manilow. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's weird because people that know me they loved it. They loved it. They thought it was great. I'm like, you know, Barry Manilow got seen song for four years. Let right. me just you know, right. Uh, it was like that inner theater kid. Um, so it, uh, you know, it's a trip. I, you know, part of me like struggles with like, is it really ego driven? Am I really being really full of myself by doing it? Um, and, you know, I, I thought about it. I'm like, well, Van Gogh did a bunch of selfies. Right. You know, all these artists did, you know, selfies. So um, I'm just participating in it. Well, um, part of what comes through in your work is your passion for these things that you love. So seeing you among them is part of the fun of it. So I support all of your, uh, your mini-me uh, forays. I'm into all of it. 
Um, yeah. You use Mario sometimes, and he's so fun to see pop up because he's different and he has his own thing going on. Talk about that. So when I do these videos, like, you know, I want them to be for everyone to enjoy. Right. Uh, I definitely, you know, put little Easter eggs in for, you know, um, Barbie collectors. Uh, well, I'll use, like, a, you know, vintage fashion from something. Um, but, you know, I want guys, to, you know, guys to be able to enjoy it, too. Um, and Mario, I think, is a nice contrast to, like, everyone being beautiful and perfect. And, you know, he's just a, you know, he's just comic relief. Right. Um, I used him for uh, Uptown Girl. He was yes. the first time. And you know, Billy Joel and Christy Brinkley were just, like, you know, complete opposites. Uh, and, you know, when I was doing it, I thought Mario would be really perfect. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I just use him for comic relief. I think he's really funny. And people look for him. So, like, with Copacabana, you know, when I did him with the Afro, because he's, like, you know, the bartender in the 70s, people love that. Now, you, you use a Cher doll. You use a Barber doll. Who do you wish there was a doll of? You know, let's see. I mean, I think, like, a really good 12-inch Judy Garland doll would be really good. Um, <laughs> I would love that. Who doesn't yeah, want a 12-inch Judy doll, Garland doll? It, it, yeah. really, it ticks all the boxes. Yeah. And there isn't, there isn't something like that. Um, there, um, there's different brands. Oh, there's, yeah. like, some little, you know, I would love Mattel to do, a, to do one. I'm kind of working on one um, where I, like, you know, part, and part of my thing is, you know, reimagining Barbie, um, but it's still being Barbie in some aspects. Yeah. Uh, like, when I, when I did Scream, um, there, there's, like, that Barbie with the blunt cut. You know, yeah. she's got, like, the bangs. She's got the Drew Barrymore haircut. For sure. So, so I put her into that scream scene, in the opening scene, uh, because I just thought it was hysterical. So, you know, for me right now, um, I'm trying to make a Francie doll um, into Judy Garland. So, because I just <laughs> Good think, luck. Keeping that, I think, I think that aesthetic on top of the aesthetic, you know, is is fun to do. Seeing, like, Barbie reimagined. Yeah. You know, I think... Well, a lot of people, um, you know, Barbie has such a built-in audience, but I also think it's interesting for Barbie to see Barbie doing other things than just like, you know, being in a pink box and looking pretty. Yeah. Going to the beach with Ken. Um, yeah. You work with small stuff. I, th- when I have Zoom meetings and somebody types an emoji in the chat, I can't tell what it is. Do you, how is it to work with so much small stuff? Does it, do you just have a mind and eyes that can do that? I think I would struggle. Um, hmm. Like the details when you're painting the faces, I think you you can you can do it. I guess. Yeah, I mean, but no, no. Trust me, I. Uh, you know, one of my favorite flea market finds was this um, old school industrial magnifying you know glass with like, like built-in fluorescent lights that have different lighting and different lighting so you can make it brighter and stuff like that. Because my eyesight's starting to go. I'm you know getting older now, so I get, you know I need glasses. Right. Um, but, you know, it's also I'm learning. You have to have the right tools, the right brushes, um, you know, to do these things. Um, but, you know, it's kind of funny. And a lot of times, like, you know, part of the things I love about flea markets is just, you know, going through and finding stuff. I'm like, oh, I can use this for this. And, uh, you know, or walking into the dollar store. I walk into the dollar store like it's Project Runway. You know? I know. I saw some of those videos. And, yeah. And you talk about cake decorating stores or cake decorating supplies as being like a gold mine. Why is that? Uh, there, they're just miniature things? Miniature things, yeah, that people put on cakes. Yeah. So you can find all kinds of stuff. There's your champagne bottle, there's your cake, there's your little thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, one of the themes of this podcast that I like to, the reason I do it, I guess, because um, it's kind of a passion project like what you do, is I think art and creativity make life worth living, make the hard times bearable. 
Um, on Instagram, you wrote about getting sober a few years ago, and I'm wondering how these videos and, and this passion has helped you in your life in a general way. You know, it's definitely given me like more sense of like self-worth and value. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things where like, um, you know, I have something, you know, my mom always used to say like, you know, my money goes through it, but at least I have something to show for it, you know? And I kind of feel like that with, you know, with my art. Um, and I, uh, you know, with, I think I probably about, was about a year sober, maybe, maybe about a year sober, maybe almost two years sober when the pandemic hit. Right. And uh, it was really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and cause you just have idle, you know, idle time on your hands. And I, um, I buried myself into, into these donations. Um, and just, uh, you know, the response to people. And when I was getting stories written, written about me, um, you know, I, I had a friend who, uh, he was a pretty big drinker and he, uh, you know, I actually was doing, I was going to running, uh, to do an interview and he looked close to my job. So I was going to do the interview from, my, from his place. And he was just like, you know, after the interview, he was like, Warren, he's just like, you're not, you're not an alcoholic. You know, you're all these other things. Um, and I was like, you know, I wouldn't have these things. It wasn't for my sobriety. Right. You know? Um, and it's one of those things where like, I, you know, I'm truly grateful that I'm not, you know, chasing, you know, the things that, um, you know, my addiction, you know, wanted me to chase. Um, it's, it's my priorities. Um, it's let me let go of a lot of things that I thought I needed or wanted, um, or where I was supposed to be in life. Um, you know, the fact that like, you know, a middle-aged man, you know, (laughs) making miniature movies with Barbies, never would have thought, you know, come, come across my mind, but like, you know, the outpouring um, from people and the stories and people just, you know, telling me, you know, how much they love it, how much it's meant to them, the reactions to it, um, you know, uh, and especially with the musical stuff, because it's like a lot of stuff that, you know, I credit to my mom. And, you know, I I didn't get sober when my mom was still around. I mean, you know, it, def- it definitely was, it got progressively worse after she died. Right. But, um, I, uh, you know, with, with those things and like, you know, having, I remember I come across this article, uh, that, you know, some Italian website had written about me and they used a picture from my mother's memorial of me in front of this, um, art piece that art installation that I had done of her. And it was just kind of like a sign to me that like, you know, she's sharing in this too. Yeah. She's part of this. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I just know I wouldn't have these things if, if I wasn't sober. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, you know, they say, they say it's, you know, life beyond your wildest dreams. And, you know, before I got sober, I don't think I ever afforded myself dreams. Um, and, uh, you know, my roommate was just like, I don't know if you'd stay sober with, without this. Cause you're like constantly doing this at, um, you know, I, it, it brings me, you know, it brings me joy. Right. It, uh, you know, it's, you know, I have friends that are always like, you're such a storyteller. And, uh, you know, this helps me to tell, you know, my stories, my way, um, with like, you know, with the drama, with the sense of humor, with some, you know, music on the side. Yeah. I, I've done research into happiness in the last few years. I, I went through some things on my own. And, um, one of the things that make people happy, I, I read the research shows is engagement. And if you're into something, that's a win. 
It doesn't matter if people like it. It doesn't matter if it makes you money. If you're into it, that's in and of itself a win. And I always try to look at that when I think of, like, gosh, I did all that stuff and I didn't make any money or whatever. Whenever you go to those places, I'm like, no, I got to do it. I got to yeah. be engaged in it. And your stuff, you never sort of phone it in with the with the details. You always go all the way there. For sure. For sure. And I also think it communicates the piece, you know, with the details. Yeah. Like, um, when I did Diamonds, um, Diamonds the Girl's Best Friend, uh, you know, to have the girls holding the candelabras in the background. Right. You know, and a friend of mine just scream about it. He was like, that, and he's like, I can't believe you included that. Right. And I'm like, you know, for me, I mean, you know, I try, like, I will sit there with, like, my laptop, and, like, I'll watch it a little bit, and then I'll shoot it, and then, you know, shoot a couple seconds of it, watch it again, shoot it again. So I try to, like, you know, stay as true, you know, to the original as possible, but just have those little enjoy his details. But it's like, you know, see like vintage Barbies holding up candelabras. I mean, I just think that's, I think it's so fun yeah. you know, to, to go there and just see, and just see it reimagined. There's a bar in Palm Springs where my friends and I go when we go to visit and they play videos and we go and lose our minds and have fun and it's our favorite thing. But these videos should be playing there and they probably are. Have you heard that they're playing these in, in gay bars, like Musical Mondays kind of thing? I have it. I would lose my shit. I had make that I was, happen. I did um, Don't Rain in My Parade as a tribute to Slash Musical Mondays. Yes. You know, that was so amazing. That was such like, you know, a time, just a period of time. One thing I've, I've learned in sobriety is just to kind of be present in the moment and just look around and be like, this isn't going to be forever. This is going right. to be this moment right now and just to breathe it in. So for me, it was like, you know, that moment at Slash where like, you know, when she's on the tugboat and it happens and there's just that rain of napkins and the whole bar singing, you know, I miss those moments. But I would lose my shit if I saw one of my videos, you know, being played. Well, I don't know the people that own those bars, but I'll try to find them and let them know uh, about you. Um, yeah, because they throw the napkins in Palm Springs, too. And I'm like, that's a lot of napkins. But they're into it. They're, it's like you have to do it. Uh, it's a tradition. Um, it's the drama point, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So you sometimes work with choreographers. And to get to figure out moves for the dolls to do, right? You bring in friends to do things like that. Well, I have my friend Vinny that I um, used to. Uh, I was used to the Ken, um, the Ken stuff. I think I included like a clip of him on the my behind the scenes. Um, but uh, you know, I have um, a lot of friends that uh, have are just talented. My friend John, who uh, sang on Favorite Things and You're the One That I Haunt. Um, you know, he's really great. He lends his vocal talents. Um, and I have my friend, um, Madi, who also sang, uh, the girl's part under the one that I haunt that like, I'm just sitting there. Um, you know, I've known John, for John, I've known for years. John's like my, you know, I call him dance partner, John. We would be giving you fame audition on the dance floor and just dancing our ass it off. And it was just like a big production. It was amazing. And to kind of like transition that into like, you know, making art and having him record vocals for my animations. You know, it's really beautiful because I have lost friends, you know, in, you know, I've lost more friends in my sobriety than I ever did in my drunk era. Um, of course, so because really, you don't have that in common anymore. That's a, that's a big thing. That makes sense. And I, also, that happen. and I also think people see you as one way. Right. And when you're not that anymore, then their use for you is, uh, you know, it's non-existent. That's interesting. But you found, yeah. you found that doing these and blinging in friends has enriched your friendships and, and given it another layer to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's definitely created something. You know, I apologize for you know, the one that I haunt. I did speed up the vocals 
So John's like, I sound like a chipmunk. And I'm like, it's a cartoon and you sound like, you still sound great. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, no, it's just really cool. And it's just, uh, um, and you have a product. Yeah. You have a product of a collaboration that, um, that I love. I have my uh, actress friend, Sarah uh, Brutus, that um, she does a lot of the voices and stuff. She did the voices for the intro for um, Turkey Lurkey. Right. Uh, yeah. And um, so it's just really cool. Sometimes I take a step back and I'm like, oh my God, I have these talented friends. Yeah. Um, You're the one that I haunt is a Halloween themed one, which was the Grease song, but done with like, uh, sort of movie monsters. And it was so clever, the juxtaposition of all of it. Um, there's a guy I follow on Instagram. His Instagram handle is Olivia Newton-John is a doll. And he does uh, all of these Olivia dolls in every single outfit you could ever imagine from Olivia. If, I'm a diehard Olivia fan. And I uh, just, like, he just nails it. Maybe there's a collab in your future. Do you have the Olivia gene like I do? Well, I have one of her from Greece from like the Summer Nights outfit. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, but see, like for me, like with my aesthetic, like I have her in mod era face. Right. So I took like, the, I took the mod doll, restyled it, but I put it up. I definitely Summer, Summer Nights is, you know, on my, on my dream list to do. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Newton, John and I uh, share the same birthday. You do? I, I'm, I'm, yeah. At my old job, I, uh, was, I was in luxury retail for 13 years. Oh, wow. And she, she came into the store uh, to shop. And at first, I didn't recognize her. Uh, she had sunglasses on. And as soon as she took them off, I was like, oh, my God. My, my manager at the time was like, the look of realization on your face was priceless. I mean, yeah. I kept it together. Right. You know? It was but the it gay was, gasp in a look, not a not a exactly. sound. But I bet she was nice because she's always nice. She's totally nice. Yeah, she was totally nice. Can I ask what you do now for your your day job? Uh, retail management. So I work for a, uh, a stationery store uh, with card selling and gifts and stuff like that. I so. love that. I have a friend who I love any kind of office supply store, any kind of paper. I lose my mind. I have a friend who's going to retire soon, and his dream is to work at a place called Papyrus part-time and just be with all the papers uh, and things. Well, Papyrus got, is no longer around. It's uh, bought up by paper stores. Oh, so it's bye-bye. Yeah. No more. No more. Um, is your iPhone just storage? Uh, is iPhone storage an issue? Um, well, I have, like, the, you know, the Google thing, like, storage for, like, $10. Right. You know, $10. Uh, so I use that. Um, but it does, like, uh, the cloud. But my iPhone does kind of... It's getting a little sassy on me right now. Well, and it's sad to see. The only news I have on my phone are Barbies. So, you know. Those are the only news you have on your phone. That might be the, that might be the headline for this episode. I always pick one quote. Um, right. Uh, what's the most surprising thing that's come out of it in terms of reactions from people? What's something that you're like, I never would have thought that this would have led to this? Huh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I've been recon- I got recognized uh, like once or twice. Once I got on the street, team. like out in the world. Yeah, the street. That was that was pretty crazy. Um, for, I mean, Turkey Lurkey. Um, you know, the lead dancer, um, Donna. Uh, Donna McKechnie. McKechnie. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to mess up her name. Okay, you know, she messaged me on, on you know Instagram. I mean, fan, I sent it to her, but she messaged me back, and um, it was uh, it was so sweet. You know, she was just like, you mirror the choreography beautifully, um, and just to kind of like get that. Uh, you know, from someone that participated in the original piece was, it's huge. Um, because, you know, as, as an artist, as a person, you know, I, I have a lot of self-doubt. I'm just like, I look around and there's so many people that, are so, that do such amazing work, you know, so much, you know, better than me. And I could spiral, but I have to take a step back and be like, there's room for everybody. And I, um, I didn't have that thinking before. 
That's, you know? that's a relatively it's, new thing. Before it was like, I'm self-taught, I'm not good enough, or whatever it is. Yeah. There's so many people that are more, and there was something holding you back. And what, what helped you get rid of that? Was that part of sobriety? Um, you know, it, it all started, I mean, it really started in sobriety. Um, but it's, uh, you know, definitely sobriety helped a lot with it. Um, you know, it gave me, um, God gave me perspective. You know, you go to meetings and you like listen to people and stuff that they go through. And like, you know what? I got right size. I'm okay. Like, you right. know, I, I did. I, you know, I'm not that special. I, you know, my problems are mediocre. Um, but like, it just really just believing in the universe, you know, believing in the universe that it has something, you know, better for you than anything that you can imagine and really trying not to control the outcome. Right. Um, you know, doing it for the love of doing it. Cause if I did these things and expected like, you know, they were going to go viral um, and they did it, I would probably, you know, I, you know, another person would just get pissed off and do it. I mean, like just leave it. Um, for me, I, you know, it's having the body work. Um, and sometimes, like, I'll, like, look at my old stuff and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I did this. A lot of times I'm like, oh, my God, it's really bad, you know, because I progressed so much. Right. But a lot of times, I can't believe I did this. And just to, ha- you know, have this body of work, have, just to have something. Yeah, no one can take know? it away from you. It exists in the yeah. world now. Um, I think that's beautiful. What's your advice for somebody that has an idea for something they want to do, especially online? There's so much beauty in non-perfection. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, even, like, you it's one of those things, the things that make you different, make you special. Yeah. And you, you, you it's just a progress. It's just a progression. Everything's a progression and you just, just stick to it. it. You know, you just really let go of the outcome, really let go of the outcome, do it for the love of doing it. And, you know, for me in doing things, I'm doing it for the love of doing it. And other people, you know, wind up loving it too. Um, you know, there's going to be, Every now and then, there'll be like a smart ass online or something like that. Um, you know, this one guy uh, in one of the groups on Facebook for Turkey Lurkey had um, posted, he's just like, sorry, but this doesn't compare to the original. And I'm like, this doesn't compare, this doesn't compare to the real thing. And, and it was interesting because, you know. And I, he I must be fun guy. at brunch. He must be a delight oh at God. brunch. Yeah. And he was a dancer. Like, right. I, I looked at his profile. He was a dancer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, was, he, he was an older gentleman. Um, and he was a dancer and it took me back. Cause I was like, you're an artist, right? Like the fact, you know, uh, you don't see the effort and skill and like time and like attributing, like, you know, to the, you know, being true to the choreography. It blew my mind. That you can, you can't see the, the good intentions and the love that's in it, that you're going to shit yeah. on the love. And it was just like, no, and it was funny to me. Cause I just kind of, it just laughed about it. Cause it's one of those things. Uh, you know, another thing I learned is just like, this isn't, that wasn't about me. No, that's about him. Like that. and it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was, and sometimes I, I'm like, oh my God, am I getting mature? Like what, what did this happen? <laughs> good. Yes, it's good. Um, as a fan of yours, if I'm out at a thrift store or something, what, what is the gold whale? What's the thing that you need? What can we do to help you if we're finding things in the wild? I know you don't want a bunch uh, of shit just showing up at the house, but what's the, <laughs> what's the thing that you need? Oh gosh! Um, if this was NPR you know, and we're doing a, a pledge drive, what do you need? Um, you know, I'll always take a, a vintage Barbie outfit. You know, okay. ten outfits, okay. any like outfits. You know, small props. Dolls can be a little tricky. Uh, you know, like again, I like anything like pre nineteen seventy. Right. Um, but if something has like a like good character face, um, you know, I definitely enjoy those. I had a woman, um, um, my friend Kimberly. 
she had reached out to me because she, um, what was interesting with the Bob Fosse number was a lot of people in the theater community had a connection to it. Right. So they're like, oh, I, you know, I, you know, I played this part and I did this part of it. I was in this production of it. Um, and she uh, gave me her, her vintage Barbie dolls from her childhood. Wow. So, yeah. So the skipper, her skipper, I actually used for the birds, the one that like, falls and gets plastic broken. Right. Uh, but she gave me this beautiful flocked hair can that was just pristine. Oh, um, I love a flocked hair can. I love a yeah, flocked right? hair can. I know. Yeah. It was, yeah. So, you know, that was, that was huge for me that she gave me, you know, her, uh, her childhood dolls and she gave me all the outfits and everything. And, you know, so I, uh, you know, I'll send her postcards from her dolls. You know, doing uh, things yeah. like yeah, but they totally. did. Yeah, out yeah. on dates with GI Joe. Um, I had a Joey Lawrence doll a few years ago that I oh that I gave away at a like a Christmas swap because I think I was done with them. But yeah. but would, do you wish I had? Do you wish I could give you that? Oh Joey? yeah, yeah. He was I mean, so I, hot. Right. Yeah. Oh. I still I still go a couple rounds with him now. You know. Yes, he's hot. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, he's just brother's hot too. Oh yeah. So tell people yeah. how they can find your stuff. Tell people where where you're at. Um, my Instagram is Warren Cito. Um, I also have my Dalmatian by Warren Cito on Instagram. Um, my YouTube is Warren Wright. Um, if you look at Warren Wright uh, on YouTube, um, I should pop up. There's WarrenCito.com, which has a lot of my illustration uh, on it. But I definitely want to you know update it with the Dalmatian stuff and leaks to like articles and stuff. I love it. Um, are there showgirls dolls? Because I think there was one doll. From the of the dude, that creepy dude from the movie. Well, I used it for Couple Cabana. He was actually a James Bond villain. Oh, that's, how that's why he exists. He yeah. looks like is it Robert Davy from Showgirls? Yep. Yes. Oh, so yes. okay. So yeah. he there wasn't a set of Showgirls dolls that I missed. No, no. I have um, I have an Elizabeth Berkeley doll oh. that uh, well I have a doll that looks exactly like Elizabeth Berkeley in right. Showgirls. That I paid way too much on eBay for, but I had to have. Her. You had to uh, have her. I had to have her. What's her so, outfit? Well, when I bought, when I got her, I got her nude. Right now, she's in a um, like a red top with like black pants. She's in the uh, can on my period uh, outfit. Oh wow, uh, <laughs> that's a good outfit. <laughs> but um, I definitely want to do a scene at the cheetah because it's just like it's just so iconic. Yeah. And I just, but you know, it's one of those things where like I have like a Barbie that looks exactly like um, uh, Penny. You yes. know, and I really would love to do, you know, a scene at the strip club. Have you ever gotten sh- people with copyright issues or have you ever gotten shut down for anything? Instagram is pretty, uh, pretty uh, much like, oh, this is copyrighted music. You can't, you know, we'll, you know we'll block it or we'll block it in certain countries. Right. YouTube is like, let's demonetize. So, um, you know, I'm not making any money off of it. Well, I think what you do is beautiful and clever. I share a lot of your pop culture obsessions. Um, here's my final question. What what's the dream gig? What would you love to see come out of this? Oh God! Where would you like to see it go? Um, you know, I would love to have my own characters, have my own storylines. Um, just being able to do this full time, I think, would be really great. You know, just seeing my stories brought to life, my perspective um, on things, and also you know, climbing with other people. Basically, just doing this uh, full time. Well, I hope that happens for you. I think you deserve it because your stuff is amazing. Thanks. Keep up the awesome work, and thank you for doing the podcast. It's fun talking yeah, to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. I'll see you. Thanks again to Warren Wright. You can find his stuff on YouTube and Instagram, Warren Wright or Warren Cito. Just look that up, and you will find a treasure trove 
uh, visual delights. All right, so this happened. Um, I had COVID in December, um, and I am still uh, dealing with some of the side effects, particularly in my digestive system. Um, I, I started having symptoms around the 2nd of December, and then I tested positive a few days later. And then I tested negative on the 15th, but the stomach stuff was still going on. And it was not pretty. It was rough. Um, I managed to get out to a movie on Christmas Day um, and did a few other things. Been kind of keeping it very low profile. Um, the good news is I'm having a better month than George Santos, but barely. I'd say barely. Um, they're both shit shows in their own way. Um, but yesterday I had a colonoscopy, and I love colonoscopies. I love them. I think it's the drugs. I don't know. But I wake up and I'm like, yes. I don't know why I love them. Maybe it's the idea of like really checking out for a while, like really being off the grid. Um, Because, you know, I've always got a list. I've always got things to cross off. And maybe I like that idea of like, I can't be reached. I can't do anything to fix anything. I'm out like a lamp. Um, Anyway, so... Um, they didn't find anything unusual, so it looks like it's just COVID stuff, and hopefully it will run its course, but, oh, it's no joke. It's no joke. So, there you go. And I was fully vaxxed and fully boosted and all of it. But, anyway, that's my story, but, um, we're here. We're still doing it. And, uh, I'm happy to be doing this again in 2023, and one of my goals for the year is to... Um, go a little deeper with my relationships generally, and that includes my listeners. And I notice when I listen to other podcasts, I like when people share things like personal things or things they're thinking about. So I'm going to add a little thing sometimes to the podcast and, and, and not just do, so this happened. I'm also going to do, so lately I've been thinking about blank, right? So lately I've been thinking about hijinks music. This isn't that deep. <laughs> Don't worry. But it's the thing that I've noticed in movies where there's ostensibly comedies and there's this music that's playing around the action that's like, and it's like hijinks. Like, it's the kind of music you would hear in 9 to 5 when they're wheeling around Mr. Hart's body, but that's real hijinks. But sometimes there's hijinks music when there's no hijinks. And it's the creator's way of saying, we're comedy, come on, you get it. This is hijinks, but it's not hijinks. Unless there's a dead body being wheeled around by Lily Tomlin, it's not hijinks. So I'm very, it's like my current pet peeve is hijinks music when there's no hijinks. But I also have the feeling that if I were creating something, I would be in the edit room making this thing that I really believed in. And my music guy would go, we got to do hijinks music. And I'm like, no, it's not hijinks. And he's like, it's hijinks music or nothing. Like, I feel like maybe I would fall prey to it myself as a creator. Maybe there's something about it that feels like the best option in the moment. I don't know. That's just my thought. So the next, I hope I don't ruin a lot of Hallmark movies for you, even though you know what you're getting with those. But um, hijinks music. I wish I could think of more examples. But that's what I've been thinking about lately, in addition to my tattered innards. Um, If you would like to share your thoughts on hijinks music or anything else having to do with the show, you can reach me at dennis at dennishensley.com by email. Or you can call our voicemail, which is one 647 nine six five three and i may just play your message on the show all right thanks for listening so much i really appreciate it i'm excited about this new year uh thanks to aj susa for mixing the episodes shout out to jb bursey for his additional technical support also the music is by mark daniels of placement music that's it for this week we'll catch you next time on dennis anyone bye boop boop beep bop, 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 beep, beep.